This is MuggleCast, episode 6, for September 11th, 2005. If you haven't finished reading book 6 yet, then you probably should not continue listening, as we do talk about several different spoilers. Hey kids, welcome to another exciting edition of MuggleCast. I'm Andrew. I'm your favorite Kansan, Ben. I'm Jamie. I'm Eric. And let's get things started by first getting you updated on the past week's top news with Micah. Thanks, Andrew. We begin with Apple, who on Wednesday released the special Harry Potter iPod and the first ever audiobooks in the Harry Potter series. The iPod features the Hogwarts crest engraved on the back and sells for $299. Along with this new iPod, the Harry Potter audiobooks are available through the iTunes Music Store. MuggleCast even got a special mention in Apple's most recent e-newsletter. To quote, to date, customers have subscribed to over 7 million podcasts. The number keeps growing all the time. In fact, we recently added such podcasts as, and much to the delight of fans of Sir Harry, the MuggleCast, and PotterCast to our growing podcast library. JKR has updated her site to talk about the new audiobooks and her reason for making them available. And are you eagerly anticipating more scenes from Goblet of Fire? Well, Warner Brothers confirmed this past week that the next trailer will be released September 16th in select cities with Corpse Bride, the new Tim Burton film. Corpse Bride will be released in all theaters on September 23rd. The trailer is expected to run a little over two minutes. New high-resolution poster shots from the movie and one giant billboard of Harry hanging out in Times Square are available over on MuggleNet's main page. And finally, wrapping up news on Goblet of Fire, last Sunday, Entertainment Weekly listed the midnight book release of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire as one of the key events of the past 25 years. The release is joined on the list with the movie Titanic and the launch of MTV. The list will be used for an upcoming CNN TV special. Moving from Goblet of Fire to Order of the Phoenix, the fifth Harry Potter film is said to have a budget of at least $150 million. This, however, is just speculation for the time being. And finally on Wednesday, not too shortly after the audiobook announcement, JKR spoke out against purchasing signatures on eBay due to the lack of authenticity. She said, as far as I can tell from watching the signed Harry Potter merchandise on eBay, for every, as far as I can tell, genuine signature, there are six to ten fakes. Therefore, I am now advising Harry Potter fans in search of rare and or signed editions and also audio digital files that is much safer to buy from reputable authorized book dealers only, rather than eBay and other similar auction houses. We have previously reminded visitors to not purchase off of eBay for these exact reasons, and we insist that you will get scammed. I keep telling myself the toast with Dumbledore's picture on it wasn't worth $3,000 but it tasted pretty good. <laughs> That's all the news for this September 11th, oh, 2005 edition of MuggleCast. Back to you guys. Alright, thanks, Micah. And Micah has also asked us to request, if you have any ideas for maybe the transcripts or his news, how he does it, uh, drop him an email. Uh, Micah at staff.mugglenet.com Now, we have a contest update. Eric and I? Yes. Isn't that right, Eric? That is correct, Andrew, once again. So, we are closing the contest now. Yes, the, contest, the contest is closed. Oh. If you can hear this, it is it is over. Um, How many entries did we get? Okay, as of now, we have... Well, I say as of now, but... Okay, the final toll was 609 entries. Ooh. Ooh. Now, 
three of those 609 people will be entered into our contest. Uh, we're going to go through, pick out the top 20. Then we're going to yes. put a poll up. Right. So only the listeners of the show will be able to access it. And then we will – they'll be able to vote yeah. on their favorite ones. Then by, I think, episode eight, we'll have our winners, top three winners. Something like that. Yeah, yeah we'll, have a, we'll have a question. Do you listen to the show? And right. if not, you can't vote. But um, no. <laughs> uh, Yeah, so the top 20 okay. – our, our 20 also, favorites will be voted on or voted, votable. And then okay. the top three. And now the prizes. Yes, We prizes. had to make some quick adjustments to the prizes because of some shipping – what was the word I used earlier? Shipping constraints. <laughs> and, and we're not talking about Emerson, <laughs> Melissa, or anything like that. In the nick of time, Dave over at Olivan's has uh, come and saved our butts and says, you know what? We want to sponsor your contest. So I'll tell you what. All our, we, have, we have brand new prizes for the top three winners of our contest. Third place will receive a house scarf of any color from the Olivan's store. Um... Depending on what's your favorite house and what what you'll look good and what'll bring out your eyes. Okay. Ooh, sweet. Yes, sweet. Okay, second prize. Okay, second place. Um, will win a Wizard School with Andrew Main DVD from your Wizard Wears section of Olivans. And what it is, it's it's a um a guided instructional video um for real life magic. Ooh. Yes, done by snazzy. this done by this guy. And Andrew what is Main. the grand? Yes, and the grand prize, um, once again, this concert, uh, contest is sponsored by Elements. And our grand prize um, is a limited edition Powdak wand, Michael Broly design. There are only 300 of these. It's a very nice, nice, nice looking wand. It looks very sharp, very nice. There, as I said, there's only 300. Um, so that's it. Then also, first place will get top priority in having a walk-on co-hosting role on MuggleCast. Yes, MuggleCast, yeah, right okay, here. So say, yeah, so you'll be what? able to come. Isn't that cool? We'll have our first ever guest. I didn't check with Ben or <laughs> or Jamie. He didn't tell anybody whatever. this. He kind of just said that. And since, you know, hold him to it. We'll have this on audio. And Micah will transcribe this. So you'll, he'll have it in text. So you, you'll go down to MuggleCast history. Forever, forever. Forever. Right, as being forever. the first ever forever, guest man. co-host. So what will happen is if first place does not want to uh, be in it because some people might be, uh, you know, a little wary or nervous or just don't want to do it, second place will get the prize. If second place doesn't want to, then third place will. And then we can also go fourth, fifth, sixth, and those the runners-up. Right. In the event that, in the event that uh, due to parental constraints or shipping constraints or whatever constraints, if you can't do uh, the show – um, we will give it to somebody else. But we understand, and we will credit you uh, accordingly. Moving right along, Ben, you have a series of notes and assorted... A series of unfortunate notes. Announcements? Yes, that is. Correct. Okay, well, a few few shows back, we mentioned that we want to know how people are listening to the show, and tons, tons of people have emailed in, and I have a list of people, ways they listen to them. K. Don from Rio Rancho wrote a speech about MuggleCast and delivered it for a class. So, yeah, we're helping kids get good grades now. You see? Cool. See how that works? So it was an impromptu speech. Hey, let us know what kind of grade you get. (laughs) Yeah, and how awesome it was. Laurel. Laurel from from Albuquerque, New Mexico, is a signed language interpreter, and she listens to our show to practice 
like conversations with her interpreting skills. So she's she's a signer for the deaf and just to our show to to sign out what we're saying to practice. So I thought that was pretty neat. That's awesome. Um, a lady from the cool. Navy listens to us while she's cleaning. Ooh, that's uh, cool. Cleaning her boat in the morning. So yeah, we're also <laughs> helping protect our country with the Navy. You know, in the Navy. A lady then. from the Navy. Yeah, a lady yeah, from right. the Navy. Yeah, right. Cleaning, cleaning her ship in the morning. Do you have her name? Um. Ooh, let's see here. Um. Marsha, Marsha, <laughs> twenty-three from San Diego. Her IP address is. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so Mar- Marsha, Marsha is the one who, who listens to us. She says that she likes Mugglecast and that her all of her, all of her Navy buds laugh at her when she's cleaning and stuff. They think she's crazy for laughing at herself, but she thinks that if they were listening too, they'd find it extremely hilarious. Of course, we're just brilliant. Okay. And that that's oh well, one final one. Mrs. Uh, Lehman's class from Tohoka High School listens to us on uh, on Friday afternoons during their Harry Potter union unit. So yeah, if if you're part of Mrs. Lehman's class, here's, here's your here's your shout out. Oh yeah, Mr. Nelson's class. Don't remember we have not forgotten about you. We have not forgotten about you. So remember remember us. Okay. And then, before we move on, I have some like just some other minor announcements. If you're on the MuggleCast section of the site, MuggleCast.com or MuggleNet.com/MuggleCast, you can see a link to vote for us on Podcast Alley, which I recommend you do about once a month, so you can help get us up there towards the top of Podcast Alley, boost our popularity, that type of thing. Yeah, what what happens is Podcast Alley they reset their votes every month. So, right. w- come o- October 1st, we're going to lose all our votes, and that's when you start voting all over again. So Exactly. It's pretty and, easy to um, do. And, Andrew, what, what's, what's the thing about the blog again? I'll let you take this one. Oh, right. Uh, if you go to MuggleCast section, MuggleCast.com, click on Blog, and then right there we have a little button that takes you to this iPod book. Uh, it's a free iPod book. And you can download now. The reason we're promoting this, no, we're not being sponsored by them, <laughs> despite <laughs> what people may think. Um, we're actually recommending it because it really is uh, a nice little book that you can view on your computer, and it has a great area on podcasting and how to uh, subscribe to podcasts through iTunes. Right. So that's why so we have download it. Download it all. So we recommend. Okay. Okay, and I've gotten some emails in the past, in the past few weeks from Australian people, and they're wanting to know that they, th- they don't think we give enough consideration to Australians. Well, for those of you who know, Andy, Andy from HarryPotterFanZone.com was su- was supposed to be on MuggleCast today, but right now it's like 4 a.m. there, so <laughs> it didn't really work. So, <laughs> for those of you who want to know, Andy, he's Australian. <laughs> He's from Sydney or Melbourne or somewhere around there. All right. Thanks, Ben. Those announcements rocked. Now we're going to move on to our main topics of the week, and then we'll get to voicemails. We have a lot of things to talk about this show, actually. So let's get started right now. Ben, I know you wanted to talk about the Katrina one. LeakyCauldron.org and MuggleNet.com have both joined up in a drive for the Hurricane Katrina victims. And we actually have some, some corporations that are going to match whatever donations that we bring in. Oh, I so didn't know say that. say we generate ten thousand dollars in donations, 
there's this company I believe in Kansas City that's going to donate ten thousand dollars to to match it. So keep keep your donations coming in. We're trying to help these people. You know, they're going to be rebuilding for months, and they need all the food and water and all the resources they can get. Okay. And now that's pretty that's, much it. yeah that pretty much covers it. And now we also want to talk about let's get to some news here. Let's see. Earlier this week. Apple announced, on top of a few different things, a new iPod, a new iPod phone, that there is also now a Harry Potter iPod. Uh, Now, I wasn't all too impressed because it just has an engraving of the Hogwarts symbol on the back. Hogwarts crest. You're trying to get us thrown off iTunes, aren't you? No, I'm not getting trying to get us, and I don't think they will. Because, so now, so, so, and on top of that, not only a new Harry Potter iPod, but J.K. Rowling has released books one through six in audiobook format, digital, online, exclusively on iTunes, for sale at fifty dollars a piece, or all six at two hundred fifty, I believe it is. So, this comes as a surprise to most people, because J.K. Rowling has said in the past that she didn't want to do this type of thing or release it in ebook format because it's too easy to get it pirated. So. Does anyone have any ideas on why she would have done this? Well, uh, well, I think is that she realized how there's such a okay. A lot of people use iTunes. Maybe she actually saw the the Harry Potter podcast, you know, and she thought, well, if all these if they get all these listeners, you know, and they're all so up so high up on the list, why can't we just sell these books, you know? Because I'm sure she checks iTunes. <laughs> a large a large fan base a large. Yeah, she takes iTunes pretty seriously, <laughs> from what I've been told. And, but obviously, she has like a pretty large fan base. You know, it's that type of thing. She has, if she realizes that some fans want to listen to this on their iPod. You know, it doesn't have anything to do with the podcast, but it could be they want to listen to it on their iPod, or they want to listen to it on their random MP3 player, or they um, um or they want to listen to it like on the way to work or any of that type of stuff. Yeah, I agree. And who knows? Maybe our podcast showed. Because we have we we finally had some solid numbers now, uh, on downloads, and we have is it okay to tell everyone? Just say upwards of fifty thousand downloads this week. Okay, I'll say it, although you just did. <laughs> yeah, well, we we have roughly uh fifty thousand vis uh subscribers, which is just awesome. Um, that easily puts us up there as one of the top podcasts, uh, online. Right up there with uh, This Week in Tech. And, uh, hey, maybe we're number two. <laughs> I can't think of any other really, really, really big ones. So that's really cool. And, yeah, that brings... Yeah, see, when, on the iTunes Music Store, when you're compu- keep competing with national public radio, it's kind of hard. <laughs> kind of hard to keep up there when millions of people listen to them every They're day. They're not a real <laughs> podcast. They don't count. So, yeah. So... We're the only indie podcast. Up so there, now the thing know. is, how how what kind of cut does J.K. Rowling get from this? How how much back? How much money does she get back for each audiobook sold? I I I think I don't I think if she doesn't get at least fifty percent, she's gonna have to go on welfare. <laughs> I was being sarcastic. I I don't think it matter if she got any of the money back because she's a billionaire. In case you forgot. Well, I know, but obviously she gets some. I think it's just her trying to spread the word of Harry Potter a bit further because you know I mean there are situations when people can't read the book 
So, I mean, it, you know, if they're going on a long drive or something, it's just nice to put a CD in or listen to their iPod and they can hear all the books. But, I mean, I don't, I don't know, it doesn't really work for me. I can't, I mean, the Half-Blood Prince and Order of the Phoenix must be like 25 hours and I don't think I can listen to it for that long. I just want to sit there and read it for myself. And she, she's closing the digital divide. The digital divide. Yeah, she divide, is. But but when like Stephen Fry and who does the American ones, Jim Dale, you know they yeah. do their own voices, and that interferes with my own feelings about the characters and how I think they speak, and I don't really like that. So I prefer reading them for myself. Well, but you, I, th you I think it's a fantastic idea because it's just spreading Harry Potter further and further, and it's giving people the chance to listen to them on the move when carrying a twenty-five kilogram book isn't really very practical. So I don't know if J.K. Rowling knows this, but it's actually relatively easy to pirate what you download off of iTunes. Well, no, Andrew, no, I think that's why she did it. I'd rather give it out. I'd rather have her give it out than have somebody hack into it, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I think she knew they were going to get it and... What, you thought they gave knew? It instead, because... You I mean, thought she knew they'd be able to hack it? No one cares what no, you're saying. No, but... Eric. I, well, they hacked her own site, so she's got to be aware. Who hacked JKRowling.com? So I no. What I'm saying is, you could get the books. No, even before she released it to iTunes, you could get it. You could get eBooks, and oh, a lot well. of them were frauds, but you know some of them were authentic, and you could actually get electric versions. So electric. by her <laughs> electric, <yeah>. releasing them, <laughs> electric. Versions. You know, by her releasing them, it's it's kind of like, it's it's a good thing because it's not. You don't have to. So on top of that, as if it could get any better for Harry Potter fans, Steve Jobs doing a search for Harry on his demonstration computer at the keynotes where he released all this information. Our podcast was featured. Like, Mom. to the world. How cool is yes. that? People. Oh, that, that was, was awesome. That was pretty sweet. He was like, dude, MuggleNet, yo. It's yeah, it wasn't he, quite like that. But, you know. Apparently, he's impressed that there's even <laughs> and Harry can I welcome, podcasts. Okay, can so, I, oh, MuggleNet, mate. Can I welcome Steve Jobs, for, you know, CEO of Apple? Hey, man, this is uh, Steve Jobs. <laughs> MuggleCast from MuggleNet. Yeah, man. Dude. <laughs> well, you know what? Steve actually called me. He wanted to come on the keynote and speak with him, but I just couldn't get a flight out there. But we only allow That's really, really awesome. successful people to come on, don't we? So he thought, yeah, didn't really make the cut. He's only made, like, 25 yeah. million or something. <laughs> yeah, now. only 25. Okay, now it's time for our favorite part of the show, voicemails. Now, Kevin picked out these voicemails this week, but he's feeling under the weather. That's why he didn't show up on the show this week. And I, we do not know what these voicemails are about exactly because he's not here to inform us. So we're just going to play him. And, uh, yeah, so be forewarned. We'll if do. it's really bad, then we'll edit it out. But Okay, here's the first one from... Who knows? Hi, I'm Ivy from Sydney, Australia. And before I continue, I would like to say that your shows are great and they're entertaining and you guys are really funny. My question is, when Sirius died and all his possessions, including number 12 Grimwald Place, was given to Harry, why couldn't anyone stop Mundungus from breaking into the house and stealing all the things? Wasn't the order still there? Yep, and keep up the great work, guys. Okay, I think that um, stuff was still being prepared then, and they weren't sure whether it belonged to Harry, and everything was tense because you know Amelia Bones had been killed, uh, Emmeline Vance had been killed, and that uh, they weren't really concentrating on securing the headquarters at the time. And don't forget that Mundungus is still a member of the 
Order of the Phoenix. So uh, Mundungus is still a uh, a member of the Order, so he would be trusted to go into the house. So I think it's just a case of him going in, you know, while while Harry still trusts him and taking it. But I don't think Harry's going to trust him after that. And I would say that Dumbledore's not going to trust him after that, but he's dead, isn't he? So he definitely won't be trusting him. That's mean. That's no, sad. I, My heart I completely sunk. forgot that he died. Yeah, I think Dung is just that good. I mean, he was part of the Order, as Jamie said, so he could get in. Um, and so he's just he's just that good. I mean, you know, obviously, I don't think he can be trusted to do anything from now on. I mean, he's got he's still got that criminal output or whatever. Uh, maybe he feels that Harry, he owes Harry for stealing his crap. Um, I'm sorry, stealing his stuff. His crap. <laughs> Fighting 16th century <laughs> goblin his... silver, Eric. Holy crap. I'm sorry, I just woke up. I'm tired. <laughs> All right? Um, <laughs> his stuff. Uh, you know, maybe he owes Harry for stealing his stuff, or maybe Harry can convince him that he does. So if Mungus has any... Mungus. <laughs> if Mungus has any inside info on anything, he might be able to help. So that's it. Oh, well, here, we'll direct this one towards Ben, because this one concerns Emma Watson. Well, howdy, everybody from MuggleCast. My name's Billy Joe, and I was wondering if you <laughs> think that that there woman, Emma Watson, is a fine lady. Because I tell you, boy, she sure do speak American with an awful funny accent, but I think she's prettier than daisies on a sun-dried pasture in Texas. Billy Joe wants to know if Emma Watson <laughs> is good-looking. Let's direct that one towards Ben. Uh, I think she is. All right. Yes, definitely. And that pretty much covers Very it up, and we thank Billy really Joe for wasting okay, our time. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. Ben could go on for years about this. Hey, guys. This is Vincent from MuggleNet Fan Fiction, and I was just curious about how you guys made the show. Vincent is a fan fiction moderator over at MuggleNet Fan Fiction, where people can submit their own fan fiction to be featured on our sites. So, Vincent asks... Well, guys, how does how do we make MuggleCast? Does anyone help me want to help me explain this? Basically, what we do is well, well, first we first we start off by recording, and then there's a lot of editing because we don't know what we're ben, doing. Ben, Ben, tell the truth. We've hired out a Concord. Everyone flies over to Andrew's house, and we all record it there. <laughs> Just tell the truth, Ben. It's, you know, it's going to come out we sooner all fly or later. Everyone flies Private up to my house on Saturday afternoons, and we all sit around my little desk and. We just talk to each other. Um, no, but really, what we do is we all have headsets. We talk over Skype, which is a internet telephony, uh, so we can talk to all each other in a conference call. And then we'll all record our own voices. Then we'll I'll put it into editing, chop it up, put it out to the world. Here's the next question. Hey guys, this is Benjamin from New York. I was just wondering what you think about Florian Fortescue in book five. Dumbledore talks to a man called Fortescue on the wall in Dumbledore's office. Do you think Fortescue really is a Hogwarts headmaster? And if he is, why do you think he was taken by Voldemort? Thanks. I love your show. Well, I can as well. well I, th- I, think that, I think that he's going to drown Lord Voldemort in ice cream. <laughs> yeah. He's so funny, Ben. It's possible. I don't know how many other headmasters kind of left Hogwarts to open up an ice cream shop. But uh, I, I think it's more likely that it's a descendant, um, that Florian Fortescue is a descendant or a brother of Fortescue, if Fortescue on the wall was a headmaster. Because um, uh, certainly, you know, he's not dead, if that's what it takes. But we also know that Dippet, uh, Headmaster Dippet, came before Dumbledore. So if Florian Fortescue was a headmaster, it was a long time ago, uh, before 
divot. Or so. it could just be a relative. I mean, that's a logical explanation. Well, that's right, yeah. No. It's a bit of a coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. Eric, wait a minute. Don't you always say that there's no such thing as a coincidence? That was me. No, that was Ben. No, it wasn't. That was oh, me. was it? Oh, well, Benjamin, then. Well, it's kind of both of us, because, you know, I... Yeah. Hi, this is Kevin from Westland, Michigan. In episode one, you were talking about potential horcruxes, and you mentioned Harry Scarb might be a horcrux, or that Harry himself might be one. I'd just like to contradict that theory. If Harry or his Scar were a horcrux, why in the world would Voldemort be trying to kill him? Wouldn't it be much smarter for Voldemort to make a horcrux out of something that he has no intentions on destroying one day in the future? Thank you. Yeah, that's a good point, because, okay, so Voldemort, say Voldemort put a horcrux into Harry, well, if he wants to kill him so bad, then why would he try to kill one of his own horcruxes? Hmm. I like no, that. he didn't mean to put the horcrux in, that's the whole point. He inadvertently like made the horcrux when his spell backfired. Slughorn said that to create a horcrux, you had to kill, and then knowingly put the part of your soul that you've created into the horcrux. And why would Voldemort want to... Uh, make Harry a Horcrux if he's just going to kill him straight afterwards. The only thing that could possibly happen is that Dumbledore said that when he tried to kill him, he put a piece of him inside that he didn't realise. So the only thing that it could be is that Voldemort inadvertently put his part of his soul into Harry after he tried to kill him. And now that Harry is a Horcrux, it you know doesn't really bear well for him surviving the series. Which is probably we don't know like like what process there is that goes into making horcruxes. No, exactly, but but Dumbledore said that uh, he he unwittingly or unknowingly transferred powers uh, to Harry that night. Um, he doesn't really and it, it, that wasn't no that wasn't Chamber of Secrets. So and it was after he with found the, the diary. So uh, and Dumbledore says in Half Blood Prince that he knew then about the horcruxes or he kind of figured it. Um, but Dumbledore said he transferred powers. He didn't say you know he transferred his soul or or thing. Harry Scar. Harry Scar can't be the powers that he's got. I mean, you know, the Scar tells him when Voldemort's close, or it did, but the power that he has can't only come from the Scar. So it had to be something else that was put into him. So it had to be part of his soul. No. I don't know. I don't know about that. Just because, like, uh, Dumbledore said it would be very unwise to trust another living thing with your soul. Because uh, you could probably do something about it. But then Harry would... Yeah, exactly. But now he's practicing like legitimacy against Harry or whatever, so or glumency or whatever. What about the snake? Because Dumbledore said it could be a Horcrux. Yeah, well, he used the snake, didn't he? Or he apparently used the snake. I mean, you can't trust Dumbledore. But if he did use the snake, then he clearly... I don't know, because I think that brings in other implications about Voldemort. Because Dumbledore said that Voldemort couldn't take it, that he had his trust in, in another living thing, another human being, which is why he couldn't drink the elixir of life but if he'd use the snake then he'd, he'd have to trust her sorry he'd have to trust the snake to always be i mean i assume that it has some kind of knowledge and power the snake and intelligence you know it isn't just a snake it's like an updated snake uh, with consciousness maybe so he, he'd have to put some kind of trust in the snake not, not to tell people where is that his horcrux was inside it and I don't think that Voldemort could bear to be reliant on another thing, so I think that Dumbledore was wrong. Yeah, when but he said one of the things, if he did put it in Nagini, is that he possessed Nagini, um, or Harry had that dream where he was part of Nagini, so it kind of ties the Horcruxes together. If, you know, Harry had that dream that he was a snake when it bit Arthur, and, and then. Yeah, but that could go know, wrong Voldemort possessing could possess something. all of his Horcrux, but Voldemort can possess, like, Quirrell and stuff without making him a Horcrux, so that's, you know, that doesn't mean anything necessarily. Yeah. 
He, yeah, but he didn't actually possess Quirrell, did he? You know, it's a strong word, possess. Quirrell knew all the time what he was doing. Okay, but he was yeah, doing it because no, he wanted yeah, to do that's it. A good, he wasn't doing it because he had point, to. Good point, Jamie. It's differentiation between possess and share a life with or whatever, share the back of the head. Yeah, I mean, I think you could say that he was controlling him in some ways, but I don't think he was actually possessing him. I mean, perhaps then he, he couldn't possess. All right, next voicemail. Yes. All right. I'm I'm afraid to get another one of those Billy Joe voicemails. Okay, here's the next one. <laughs> that was so funny. Hi, my name is Spencer, and I would like to ask you if you think that Hermione or Ron will die in the seventh book. The reason I ask is because everyone that tried to protect or cared about Harry, such as his mom, his dad, Sirius, and Alpo Dumbledore, all died trying to protect him. What do you think, and why? I'm a strong believer in that theory that when Ron jokes about something, it comes true. And uh, in Prisoner of Azkaban, he joked that he was going to die. And I just can't help thinking that that's going to come true. And I think, you know, he, he has to be the closest to Harry now, especially in Half-Blood Prince, when uh, Harry was telling him what happened on the train with Malfoy, and he said it was a mark of the strength of their relationship that Ron didn't laugh. I, I think that was just like... J.K. Rowling solidifying their friendship and saying how strong it was. And I think if Ron died, Harry would just go absolutely mad. And he couldn't control himself any more. And I think to... I mean, to to defeat Voldemort, he does need some anger. Yeah. I think that if Ron dies, that'll be... That'll just completely kill him. But Hermione, I also think, you know, exactly the same. He's a big friend, but not to the same extent. Hermione would go mad Ron. Ron. Ron's a very vulnerable character. And I'm surprised nothing. You know something else bad though? has the, happened the to mirror, him. Guys, that's why. <laughs> yeah, the mirror of Why is he still said, alive? <laughs> pretty much everything's come true that Ron saw on that. You know, Quidditch captain, head boy, all that stuff. Not not Quidditch captain, but I mean, no, he's seen himself no, he like, better than the boy. other Weasleys, is what I'm saying. And if he dies, if he's like truly like a martyr, in that sense, then he could be. He is the best Weasley. He'd be son heroic if yeah. he dies. For That's an interesting something. point. Something along those lines. I think it's probably supporting it. I don't want Ron to die. I really, really, really don't. Um, Hermione would would be upset. It would, you know, the whole thing would suck even more. Um, ha- Harry and Hermione have always been close. Now, not you know, they, they've been close, so they'd be you know they'd be able to share the loss and and stuff. And well, everybody would, but. I, I I don't want it to happen. But yeah, that's another thing. He could be the best of the ball. Now, I think. I'm I'm just curious. Okay, when in book five when Sirius died, and in, in book six where when Dumbledore died, did any of you guys cry a little bit? Did any of you guys tear up? I did. I, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. <laughs> the reason I wasn't upset is because it was already spoiled for me, and me. <laughs> I'm not important enough to get a spoiler, so I was happy. I had a happy life. I think it's just the impact <laughs> of it. It's just so hard to it avoid really these is. spoilers. You know. They're everywhere. You can't like you can't get online. I mean, we tried keeping up with it, but you know, I was sitting here. I refused to check my email that last week prior to yeah. book six because I already had it most of it. <laughs> like I knew, you know, Dumbledore yeah. was gonna die. And... Book six, when I read the death, it was about twelve p.m. and I hadn't slept that night, so I was reading every single line three times before I realized I'd read it and I had to move on to the next one, so it didn't really sink in until after that. So I wasn't really upset about that, but book book five was it was a little better. I uh, I read some, then I fell asleep. I didn't mean to. I was ashamed of myself for falling asleep, actually, on a lunch. Then I woke up and read the rest, and it was awful. 
Well, I mean, according to your BBC interview, you read it in what four hours, Ben? No, I yeah, didn't say that. I said I, said I, I said I said I was planning on reading it <laughs> yeah. in four hours because I couldn't say I couldn't say I couldn't say yeah I'm going to start reading it. But then, then if I get hungry, I'll uh, I'll go and have something to eat. Then no. I'll come back. Okay, you you said that on the BBC. Eight hundred seventy pages. The book's eight hundred seventy pages. How could you read that in four hours? That's <laughs> Benjamin. Not, Benjamin. Benjamin, haven't you heard of speed readers, laddie? What? Haven't you heard of speed reading? I know, like, but they can read like the book you're, in an hour. Right That's not of, real reading. You're talking out of your your behind. Speed reading Harry Potter is an insult. Yeah, I really. Of course it is, <laughs> but some people still speed read it. How how fast did Emerson kick it out? Him and Melissa. Uh, well, Melissa finished at about. She finished quite early actually because they got back to the hotel room before we did. Ooh, because we went to go to the bookstore and do some interviews. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh no. Sorry, I shouldn't have said ben that. Ben is an Emerson Melissa. Memerson Shippers Unite. Memerson. Okay, uh, we don't no, need they, to talk about they, that again. They got back to the. Uh, they got back to the uh, book. No, they got back to the room. Melissa finished at about I, I think about 10 a.m. something like that, and Emerson finished about one. I finished about two. So, I mean, it must have taken us 12 hours. But, I mean, we weren't reading solidly for them. You know, I mean, we had a rest and we had a cup of coffee or something, something to eat. But, I mean, we were reading, apart from that, we were reading all the time. And that's why it took me five goes to read one line at some points. And the book, you know, I could sort of see the book twice. My vision was all hazy. But I kept going. I kept going. I was a fighter. Hi, guys. This is Nathelle from Washington. I love MuggleCast. I usually listen to it while I'm at work. My question is, what would stop Voldemort from creating more Horcruxes? We can assume that he's murdered a lot of people. How do we know that he didn't shred his soul more than just seven times? Thanks. You guys rock. Keep up the great work. You can't. You clearly can't create you know, an infinite amount of Horcruxes. No, because you get less soul. You have to kill each time you have to do the spell, and it has to weaken you every time you do it. But the thing is, you know, Voldemort could be so immersed in evil that it it doesn't weaken him every time he kills somebody. Although I think it's a possibility that he's creating more than seven, but that would severely stack the odds on Voldemort's side, and I just can't bring myself to accept the fact that Voldemort could win. I really can't. So, and I think that it would complicate things further and above how complicated they already are. So I'd have to say that I think he's made seven. We have to ask ourselves the question: Is it really possible to split? A piece of your already split soul. I mean, <laughs> of, yeah, of course well, that, you can. No, because the, it, if you halve something a billion times, you'll, you'll still have half what you previously had. So you, you can't ever get down to zero. So you can potentially split it in, uh, indefinitely. Then why just seven? Why, why? Why wouldn't he make a billion? So he's because because I just don't think you can. I think you know you, you still have to have something inside you. Surely. After you get below a certain amount inside you, you just can't <laughs> yeah, exist. You just can't function soul, You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. What what I thought was interesting was that, uh, according to Dumbledore, Voldemort didn't have seven at the time of of uh, Harry's parents' murder. He didn't. No, so he didn't. if it was truly his amount of Horcruxes that stopped him from being killed, then I don't. I dare say what what will happen now that there's seven. Because I mean, he didn't have seven, and he still survived. He only had six, apparently. Um, so with six Horcruxes, that prevented him from dying from Harry. It doesn't matter if there so were six. Now with... It just matters if there's one, no, he'll but survive. He didn't have it doesn't matter if he then. has seven. If there's just one, he'll survive. Well, th- what I thought was interesting was that Slughorn said that nobody's done more than one. So I wonder if Grindelwald or somebody else has done a Horcrux in the past. That... He's so Dum- interesting, They said Dumbledore was particularly fierce about Horcruxes. So I don't know why, but I'm thinking... Yeah, he's dead, but... Think about the date, 1945. 
No, yeah, no, we know World War Two. That's been rehashed a million times. What if I know, but it's interesting. Joe said that it was significant as well. Yeah, but the thing is, that every, every time he has to create a Horcrux, he has to find a, a trophy or something of value to put it in, and he can't find, you know, possessions of the four founders over and over again. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, he can. He's Voldemort. But yeah, he can't find that many. There are, <laughs> you know. You can go on eBay and just, like, look up founder Slytherin's stuff. possessions, yeah. <laughs> Slytherin's possessions. Someone should sell a Horcrux on Beats eBay. Dumbledore on toast. Be like, I found one of the Horcruxes. <laughs> Yeah. Found it in my basement. <laughs> Alright, I'm going to do that. I'm going to find something. Okay. Yeah. Part Good condition Horcrux. Being... <laughs> yeah. Or someone listening to this will. Like, the stupid toast thing. Remember the toast? There was one single piece of toast. Dumbledore, I think it was. On toast. Sure enough, I posted on Mogganet. A day later, there's like eight pieces of toast. Harry Potter related. <laughs> it's sick. <laughs> How much did that buy go for, them? though, Andrew? Oh, there's a lot. I don't know. Quite a lot. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Somebody eBay took them out. down. Really? Um, I'm looking right now. Why? It isn't illegal, is it? No, it's not illegal. But I think. Well, I guess eBay doesn't care as long as they can take in the cash. Hi, Mugglemet. Um, just like to say I love the show, but I have a question. How did Professor Slughorn know about Horcruxes? Do you think he received any aura training? Do you think there were auras before Lord Voldemort came to power? Thanks. Why don't we just call this the Horcrux cast? Because that seems to be what the only thing we talk about these days. Well, I think it's kind of obvious that he probably would know about Horcruxes due to the fact that he was the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. So, it seems logical that maybe he just read it in his studies, you know, things like that. So, Well, okay, but why would Dumbledore not know about them? No, he does know about them. That's, that's just the thing. I think that all wizards and witches do know about them, but they just don't talk about it, you know, because, I mean, there are loads of things that just aren't mentioned. You, just you know, it's, it's just like a taboo topic, yeah. That yeah, taboo. Every single person knows about it, but... You don't like to talk about they it. They try not to tell all the children at an early age. Yeah. Because they could, you know, grow up really interested in it, just like Tom Riddle did, and that's a prime example. Well, Jamie, I don't think everybody I don't think everybody does know about Horcruxes because Voldemort had to go really, really far to find one uh, or to, to hear about him. Like, Harry had to, especially, too. That and is it true, could yeah. be that a lot of people... I mean, yeah, yeah, but, but Tom, he had to trust somebody, Tom so they didn't turn him like, in or like, something. Right, but Slughorn was... You get the sense that he was one of the, like, few, or at least around Hogwarts. Because I, I, Slughorn himself said that Dumbledore... Uh, knew about him, or at least he said that Dumbledore was particularly fierce about talking about him, which yeah. means he knew about him. But what Slughorn said was that um, wizards of a certain caliber have always been fascinated in dark magic or whatever. Exactly. So I'm and sure there's other people. But if, I don't if, think it's everybody. Yeah, but the thing is, if Tom had talked about it to most teachers, um, they would, you know, and he didn't have a special relationship with them, he... They uh, they could have just told the ministry about it, and well, you're you right. know Tom Riddle would have been investigated, and he w he probably wouldn't have turned into Voldemort. But the point is that Slughorn, you know, liked the company of the rich and famous and everything, and that Tom Riddle knew how to flatter him and everything, and he, yeah, he did I, that so Tom well Riddle... that Slughorn didn't even think about telling the ministry, which is why he was able to learn all about Horcruxes from the right person, and then he was able to create seven or however many he did create and turn into Voldemort. Yeah. I... I like that, and but Tom could really convince... I mean, you're right, but I, I don't think Slughorn was the only one who Tom could have probably asked without them uh, telling the ministry. Um, Slughorn was a great choice, and that was very uh, 
a good thing that he was, or it was very lucky for Tom that he was the Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. Um, but I, yeah, I don't think he was the only one that could have not been reported to the ministry or whatever. Um, but Tom can flatter everybody. Like he says in, in Chamber of Secrets, he's like, I've always had a way of, of uh, you know, persuading people. So, I, I mean, I, I think I think it was truly that Slughorn was one of the only few who would know rather than the only one he could really approach. Yeah, I agree. All right, so that about wraps that up. Jamie, you got something for us? Here's my British joke of the day. A man walks into a bar with a piece of tarmac under his arm, and he walks up to the counter and says, yeah, do you think I can have a pint for me and one for the road? Oh, I've heard that Come before. Come on, laugh. That's stupid. <laughs> stupid. <laughs> Go on, Jamie. That, that's the end of the joke. It's not tarmac. Have you heard that? That's the end of the joke. A man walks into a bar. A man uh, walks into a bar with a piece of a chunk of asphalt under his arm. And he walks, and so he walks, into, he walks <laughs> into the bartender and he says, he points and says, I want one for me. Then he points to the chunk of asphalt under his arm and says, and one for the road. Uh, how clever. Well, that's what you said. Okay, so I think that wraps up another exciting edition of MuggleCast. I'm Andrew. I'm Ben. I'm Jamie the Man. I'm Eric the Mite. Okay, so next week we plan on having a preview of the new Harry Potter Goblet of Fire Lego sets. And we know a lot of you have been requesting another special edition with Leaky Cauldron's Melissa and Nelly, and our plan is to do another special midweek episode, or, or I guess whenever whenever the new trailer comes out, we're going to do another special edition. So, it should um, be Friday. Friday. This Friday? Yeah. I guess it must be. But it, the, the problem is it has to be released online, doesn't it? Unless we all go see it in theaters. Good point. Good Everyone come over to my house and go <laughs> see it. Yeah, so we'll just have to wait and see. Once again, I'm Andrew Sims. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you'd like to contact us, find out more about the show, the hosts, check out our blog, subscribe to our feeds, do anything you could possibly imagine, visit www.mugglecast.com. We'll see you next week. Thanks, Andrew. We begin with Apple, who on Wednesday, I don't know what I'm reading because I can't see the sheet. Uh, let's just try and wing the news without the sheet. That'll be a great idea. Micah is a feisty fellow.